Welcome back to the TGI Podcast and welcome in to our official start of Christmas content for 2023. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you are getting more and more into the Christmas spirit as the start of December is just a few days away. We decided to kick off the holiday season not with a television episode, but rather with a Christmas special. So without further ado, on to the show. Look at that frosty goat. Over the hills of snow. Frosty the snowman was a jolly, happy soul. With a corncup pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. And with Frosty the snowman, Christmas was always very merry indeed. You have a merry Christmas. I'll be back on Christmas Day. This week, we're covering the Rankin Bass special, Frosty the Snowman. This special premiered on December 7th in 1969, and it is the first time Frosty the Snowman was featured in a television special. During its initial airing, it followed up the fifth ever showing of A Charlie Brown Christmas. So this thing has been around for quite a while. I mean, obviously been around since before I was born, since before or around the time a lot of you were born. Uh, the special is based on the song of the same name, written by Walter E. Rollins and Steve Nelson. And this special differed from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and The Little Drummer Boy, which both debuted prior to this, by using more traditional animation as opposed to the stop animation, which was featured in both Rudolph and The Little Drummer Boy. And much like Rudolph, this special, uh, special continues to get airtime in primetime TV on CBS during the holiday season. And what I think, you know, when you think of Rankin Bass, you immediately think of stop motion. And so that's what I think makes this one so much more special. And I think a lot of people maybe don't realize uh, that it is a Rankin Bass special because of the animation style. So Paul Coker Jr., he did the character and background drawings uh, as Rankin and Bass wanted this special to better resemble a Christmas card. And the animation was then produced by Mushi Production out of Tokyo, and Romeo Muller was also the writer of this special. And as for my own history, I've spoken about this previously. Uh, I was on the Totally Rad Christmas podcast with Jerry and also uh, Mike from Advent Calendar House. And we had talked about this uh, probably a couple years ago now at this point. But this special is the favorite of my entire childhood. This was my special. We had it recorded off a of TV on a VHS that also had Rudolph. It also had a Muppet Family Christmas, which is also one of my absolute favorite specials ever. And whenever I was homesick from school, this is the video I watched. I have seen this. I've seen Frosty so many times. I probably don't even need 
to listen to it, I could probably mouth most of the words on this because I have seen it that many times. I haven't watched it as much in recent years as I did as a child, obviously, but it's still one that I have to watch this a couple times a year. It's one that maybe sometimes if it's like the middle of the summer and I'm just like, man, I need like a pick me up. I need those feels. I go and find this. I watch it. It's 20 some minutes and it immediately puts me in a better mood. And as for the cast of this special, uh, we have Jackie Vernon. Uh, He does the voice of Frosty in the special. Jimmy Durante, he is our narrator, and he's also just Jimmy Durante in this. And he also performs the song uh, Frosty the Snowman uh, throughout the entire special. It's one that is so synonymous for me. When I hear his voice, I immediately think of this special. Whenever I hear him singing anything else, I'm like, that's the guy that sings Frosty. Uh, Billy DeWolf, he is the voice of Professor Hinkle. The great Paul Freeze, who shows up in so many things, is the voice of Santa, the traffic cop, and he's also credited as additional voices in this. Uh, June Foray was the original voice of Karen, our main child character in this, but it was later dubbed over, and... Uh, Kind of hard to find the reasoning why. Uh, there's been a lot of theories and and such as to why, but she was the original, but not in most of the specials you see now. And this has long been, um, you know, as I said, one of those shows that I watch over and over again. So it's like getting to talk about it just makes me excited. And now that we've got all this out of the way, all of the cast, all of all, all that good stuff, let's just jump right into the special. So it all begins with our narrator, Jimmy Durante, and he's talking about how this story starts with the first snow of the year. And what that snow is, is a Christmas snow. And we know that something wonderful is bound to happen when that first snow is also a Christmas snow. And I've always, always loved that opening of this. So immediately after this, uh, you know, immediately this opener gives off that holiday card vibe that they were going for, which I love. The snow in the foreground falling throughout a vast majority of the special is just beautiful. It works so well. Um, having it at the forefront makes it feel like you're looking at a Christmas card. And I loved getting that sort of revelation today while seeing that, while doing some research, seeing that that's what they were going for. But we now, we descend upon the school where it's obviously the last day of school before Christmas break. The kids are all distracted by the snow outside. They're drawing little trees on the frost in the window before their teacher calls for their attention. And this is when she announces that Professor Hinkle will now perform a magic show for the entire class. And it's also worth noting that the teacher said that she hired this magician. So even then, teachers were paying for things out of their pockets. This teacher, and she's only paying for it for her class to have a magician in her classroom. You would think they would have pulled together and get some other classes. But that's not the case. And at this point, our narrator informs us that Professor Hinkle is the about the worst magician in the world. That's my best Jimmy Durante impression. You're probably going to hear more of it than here. Uh, And that shows immediately as Professor Hinkle is dropping things all over the place. Uh, He's trying to turn eggs uh, into something in his hat. Um, And we get the iconic abracadabra to coin a phrase. And then when he dumps them out, eggs crack all over the floor. And he just goes, messy, messy, messy. Uh, But after the failed trick... 
we now get our first glimpse of our rabbit pal in this, Hocus Pocus, who runs off with the Professor Hinkle's hat after Professor Hinkle had tossed it into the garbage. Just then, the school bell rings, the kids run out, and they're so excited to go play out in the snow. And this is when they start building a snowman, and at first they struggle to figure out a name for him. They go around, they're all suggesting different names, and then we get one of my favorites when a kid just goes, Oatmeal! And all the kids are like, Oatmeal? It's one I say way too often in my life that not enough people pick up on, but I, I anytime somebody says Oatmeal, I'll go, Oatmeal? Uh, but anyways, Karen, she suggests, how about we name him Frosty? And they all start to sing and dance around him as we see Professor Hinkle is now chasing Hocus Pocus and his hat. And a gust of wind catches the hat. It flies through the air. Karen grabs it. She puts it on Frosty's head. And just like that, he comes to life and proclaims, Happy Birthday! Which I've always wondered why he says Happy Birthday. Um, it's funny, it's uh, a gif I use for a lot of people's birthdays and stuff, but I've always just wondered why he says happy birthday. Of course, though, at this moment, Professor Hinkle, he saw the whole thing, and he wants his hat back because now he knows he's got something special. He actually has a hat that has magic. And Karen claims that Professor Hinkle threw it out, therefore it's not his anymore. And then another boy tells Hinkle that, you can't just take that hat now because it brought Frosty to life. And Hinkle's like, I saw nothing of the kind. And he tries to play it off like he didn't see uh, Frosty come to life. But he believes if he could get that hat back, he will become a millionaire magician. And he ends up telling all the kids that they're silly for believing Frosty came to life. And he eventually walks away. The kids are all bummed out. Um... After he snatches the hat away, and we get Jimmy Durante then singing the iconic Frosty the Snowman, but he's singing it a little bit somber. Uh, and after this number, we see Professor Hinkle, who's coincidentally frolicking around town, and he's tipping his cap to many of those walking by before Hocus Pocus swaps out the hat for a wreath, and he quickly run, uh, runs back to where the kids are. And he brings the hat back, Karen spots it, she puts it back on Frosty's head, and we get another happy birthday from Frosty. And Frosty's now even in more shock that he could actually talk, and he even thinks, he's like, he thinks the kids are playing a joke on him, he's like, okay, come on, come on, what are you guys doing here? And so now he's trying to do all these things to prove that he's alive, including counting to ten. Uh, but I love it, he struggles to get up there, and he's like, well, I could count to five. Uh, so he's just very, very naive, but very excited about this possibility and what's happening right now to him, that he is all of a sudden a walking, talking snowman. So he's overjoyed with this discovery, and then we get Jimmy Durante again singing Frosty the Snowman as he's dancing around uh, before Frosty starts to point out that he's getting a little warm. And when they go and they look over at the thermometer on the wall, we see that the temperature is going up and up, and up, and up. And then he then explains to Karen that when the temp goes up, he starts to melt. And when he starts to melt, he gets all wishy-washy, which I love that. Uh, Karen then says she needs to go somewhere, says that he needs to go somewhere so he won't melt, and they decide the 
best place for him to go where he won't melt is to the North Pole. So they decide, let's go to the train station and get you a ticket. Logic, right? I mean, the kids don't have not enough forethought here to understand what's about to happen, but the kids are excited. They want to help Frosty either way. So we get another version of the song again. It's Frosty and the kids are marching uptown. We get a lot of funny sequences of people being shocked uh, that there's a real living walking snowman. You know, just like in the song, he then gets stopped by the traffic cop. And this is among my favorite scenes in the entire special. The cop yells at Frosty for not seeing the traffic light. And of course, Frosty's like, what's a traffic light? And he's like, it's up there on the lamppost. And he's like, what's a lamppost? And the cop then asks, okay, wise guy, do you want a ticket? And Frosty says, of course, I'll take one to the North Pole, please. Kieran then explains to the police officer that Frosty just came to life. Uh, and then the cop's like, oh, okay, I get that, huh? You know them when they just, when those snowmen come to life. And he's like, come to life? And then he ends up swallowing his whistle as the kids then march away. They finally make it to the train station and they tell the man at the counter they, they want a ticket to the North Pole, please. And we get a lot of funny sound effects, and he's reeling off all these random places. Hudson Bay, Nome, Alaska, to the Aurora Borealis, which I always thought the Aurora Borealis part was funny because it's not an actual place. Um, but that's funny. But he eventually has this giant stack of tickets because it's not a one-way ticket from wherever they are. It's not a one-way ticket to get up to the North Pole. And he says that this ticket is 3 thousand dollars and four cents so of course i had to look up what that would cost in this day and age and i was stunned to see how much it was according to an inflation calculator that would be the equivalent of twenty five thousand one hundred and sixty dollars and twenty cents in 2023 that is a staggering staggering amount of money but of course they don't have that money and the ticket man makes it very clear that no money means no train ticket. So Frosty, he is so bummed he can't make it to the North Pole before Hocus Pocus, who can't talk, but he points out the window that there's a refrigerator, uh, a refrigerated boxcar on a train headed north. So in Karen's mind, since the train is heading north, they're good to go. It's, it'll probably eventually make it there, right? Uh, they open it up and they find out it's filled with ice cream and frozen Christmas cakes. So the horn is blasting on the train. You just think, all right, Frosty's going to hop on. This is that. But as he prepares to leave, uh, and Karen helps push him into the car. Karen then says she'll come along too because, you know, she's sure her mom won't mind as long as she's home in time for supper. Which, again, kid logic here that uh, the North Pole, it can't be that far away, right? So... <laughs> They, uh, the train takes off with Frosty, Hocus Pocus, and Karen in this refrigerated car. And this is also where we see at the very last minute, Professor Hinkle hops on the bottom of the train near the caboose. And I would think that would be an absolutely terrifying way to travel. At that point, if I'm Professor Hinkle, I'm like, you know what? This is a lost cause. I'm not getting this hat back. It was a good run, but uh, I guess I'm not going to be able to get this. But anyways, he hops on, and that zooms off before we get a quick commercial break. When we return, we find out that the refrigerator car is absolutely perfect for Frosty. 
It's perfectly fine for Hocus Pocus because he's got that thick uh, coat of fur, but Karen is now shivering and sneezing, which I have to point out, sneezing isn't a symptom of being cold, by the way, or I, I, I just always found that funny uh, that they always point that out that, oh, they're, they're sneezing. They have to be cold. Frosty realizes Karen can't do this. She's going to get sick. Something's going to happen to her. So he then gets Karen and Hocus Pocus off the train when it has to pull off to let a bigger train pass on by. Uh, They head off and then eventually Professor Hinkle spots them getting off and he ends up just bailing off the moving train, which is pretty hilarious. He flies off there. You hear things banging around and clinging and clanging and all of that as well. But Frosty, he's now walking through the forest, and it's kind of like a blizzard-like conditions. It's snowing, it's very windy. Uh, Karen is absolutely frozen. She is freezing and shivering, and he's worried uh, about what he's going to do now. And then Hocus Pocus mimes that he needs to make a fire. But obviously, Frosty can't do that before they luckily stumble across a bunch of woodland animals who are now decorating for Christmas. Hocus Pocus, he goes over, he explains to the animals in his best attempt at charades uh, that they need to build a fire. They eventually build one uh, in a clearing, and it helps warm Karen up. And even though they helped Karen get warm, Frosty still has no idea how they'll get Karen home. And this little segment I love, Hocus Pocus is trying to suggest things they should do. So first, he's miming being a soldier. Frosty's like, no, not the Marines. And then another miming of he's like kind of marching and saluting. And he's like, no, not the President of the United States. Before Frosty realizes that Santa is their best bet to get Karen home. So as they're waiting for Santa to show up, Professor Hinkle comes by. Because, of course, and he's somehow able to completely blow out a fire in one breath. Which, he just walks up and is like, and blows out this big bonfire. Um, Before Karen hops on uh, Frosty's back, they go down a hill. And I love to, we get Jimmy uh, Durante saying, And the thing about Frosty is he's one of the best belly whoppers in the world. So she sleds down Frosty down a hill. As we see Professor Hinkle trying to chase behind them, very, very far behind them. And when they finally stop, they see a greenhouse that is growing poinsettias for Christmas, and they go inside to help Karen warm up. Of course, she's worried that Frosty's going to melt, but he said, yeah, you know, I've been meaning to take off a little weight anyways. I'll just go inside for a little bit. He goes inside with Karen, but when Professor Hinkle shows up, He slams the door shut, and he says that once Frosty is melted, the hat will be mine. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've I've done way more voices in this episode than I think I've ever done, but I've seen the special so much that I feel like I can kind of sort of nail some of these. But after this moment, we then see Santa fly over, and he stops in the clearing where all the animals are, And Hocus Pocus explains everything to him the best he can. And they eventually make their way to the greenhouse, but when they go inside, we see Karen is weeping over a giant puddle of water. And then we get a very sad short version of Frosty the Snowman sung by Jimmy Durante with a bunch of images of Karen and him having fun together. And, you know, it's Jimmy Durante's like, Two eyes made out of 
no. It's so sad and somber. But Karen, she's just devastated. Devastated. But Santa tells Karen that Frosty isn't gone for good. And since he's made out of Christmas snow, he can never disappear completely. He says it can disappear and come back as rain in the spring and summer, but it'll eventually come back with a cold winter wind, which I've always loved that sentiment too. But Santa, he opens the door, a big gust of wind comes inside, Frosty's rebuilt, uh, and just as Hocus Pocus goes to put the hat back on top, Professor Hinkle tries to steal it again. And bold move here by Professor Hinkle, doing this right in front of Santa? I mean, come on. But Santa then tells him, if he even lays a finger on that hat, he will never bring him another Christmas present ever again. So Santa tells Professor Hinkle, you have to write, I am very sorry for what I did to Frosty a hundred zillion times, and maybe, just maybe, he'll find something in a stocking tomorrow morning. That's enough. That is enough to scare uh, Professor Hinkle. So they place the hat back on Frosty. He starts to dance around again. He's dancing around with Santa and Karen before we see Santa bring Karen back home. And this is something that has bothered me for years. Even as a kid, bothered me. They drop Karen off at home, but they drop her off on top of her house. She is on her roof and they just fly away. How would he, she she doesn't have Santa magic. She can't just slide down the chimney. There's not just a ladder there. How is Karen getting back in her house? Uh, that's what I want to know. That is my biggest takeaway in this is how did Karen get into her house? But anyways, Karen, she hated having to say goodbye, but our narrator lets us know that Frosty still returns every single year. And the special wraps up with another version of the song playing and everyone marching around through town. And as always, on this podcast, we like to determine if what we watch should be deemed a holiday classic. And for this, I'm giving it a... You got it, dude! I mean, there was no doubt this was going to be a you got it, dude. I mean, when we came into it, I was immediately doc- talking about how this is my favorite special. So uh, it's, it's just one of the most iconic specials around. And like I mentioned, it would not be Christmas for me unless I watched it at least a couple of times during the season. I watch it sometimes out of season. I just love it so much. And one thing I love about it is that in comparison to a lot of Rankin-Bass, it is a very tight 25-ish minutes. A lot of Rankin-Bass stuff gets kind of stretched out. Uh, they take a song and add way too much to it to try to make it more than what it is. And this one works so well for being so short. It's a simple storyline. Frosty comes to life. He's afraid of melting. Somebody tries stealing his hat. Santa scolds them. Special over. So uh, it, it's just it's a good short episode that's easy to watch uh it's not you don't have to carve out a bunch of time to watch it and as i mentioned it's it's just a comfort special for me and it makes me feel good whenever i watch it uh so with that we have nearly wrapped up the month of november but we will be back on thursday this week new episode of the list where we not so coincidentally will be counting down the best rankin bass specials you'll have to come check out to see where this one lands even though i think you might know where it lands uh, but there's some other really fun ones on that list too so be sure to come back for that and then we will be back next week to officially kick off the month of december and we'll be doing so with the fresh prince of bel-air 
Super excited about that. We've only covered the Thanksgiving episode, one of the Thanksgiving episodes, a couple years ago. So it's been a while since we've talked French Prince of Bel-Air, so I'm excited for that. And as always, be sure to leave us a review if you haven't already. That would be fantastic. And we'll be back again in just a couple days with a new episode. Thanks for listening. The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Urich. Our social media is available by searching for TGI Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And the music for this outro was provided by Carlo Espin, licensed under CC BY 4.0.